return more on Lincoln's re-election with Jerry, uh, I'm sorry, uh, David Long and Jerry Prokopovich from East Carolina University. This is Civil War Talk Radio. Have you let your website go stale? Wish you didn't have to wait for your web developer to return your call when you want to update content? You don't have to. Now you can easily and instantly manage your own website content using affordable Avalar technology. Avalar is the website development and hosting company that provides turnkey internet solutions for companies like yours that need to stay focused on core business. Avalar gives you the power to control your website and make updates and additions in real time without having to learn HTML or other complicated programming tools. Websites powered by Avalar feature capabilities that attract more customers and enhance relationships with existing customers. Avalar offers a multitude of leading-edge solutions, including lead generation and referral tracking, shopping carts and payment processing, membership management, and search engine optimization, to name a few. Take advantage of the full power of the Internet using Avalar technology at www.avalar.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R.com. Vitality is a natural expression of health, success, and fulfillment. And yet it's rare to meet people bubbling with vitality. That's because most of us push ourselves too hard. And when we trigger the internal alarms that tell us to change our diets, attitudes, or activities, we ignore them. Allowing outside pressures to override our internal alarms undermines our health, sabotages our success, and limits our potential. If you're ready to reclaim your natural vitality, to begin living a life you love, visit thevitalyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. with World Talk Radio, Civil War World Talk. Today we're talking to David Long of East Carolina University about Abraham Lincoln and particularly the election of 1864, Lincoln's wartime re-election. David, what did Lincoln do during that uh, those last few months before the election as the tide began to turn in his favor electorally? Did he change any policies? No, he didn't. Um, he, um, I guess the one concession that Lincoln did make was uh, when, uh, when John Charles Tremont, who was the, the third party candidate in this election, he was the... Uh, he, he was nominated by a group of uh, radically political German immigrants who had come to the United States, who were very profoundly pro, uh, anti-slavery, and uh, and they had uh, nominated Vermont, the, the 1856 Republican nominee, uh, as their candidate. And Vermont really disliked Lincoln, uh, who had dismissed him uh, as as a commander out in Missouri early in the war. Um, uh, an effort was undertaken to get Fremont to withdraw uh, in September of 1864, uh, an effort undertaken by uh, Senator um, Zachariah Chandler of, of Michigan, one of the radical Republicans. Uh, they began so much to fear that, uh, that the Democrats might win in, in the election that Chandler takes a whirlwind expedition to, uh, uh, to get uh, Fremont to withdraw from the race because he couldn't win, and, um, and 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 any votes that went to Fremont would 
would otherwise be Lincoln votes in, in this election. So uh, they agreed, what Lincoln agreed to do uh, was to dismiss his conservative uh, postmaster general, Montgomery Blair, who, who frankly had offered earlier uh, to, to resign because Mr. President clearly uh, many people are offended by my presence and any time you know, my my resignation could help you. I'll gladly tender it. So, that Lincoln calls that uh, that in at this point, and uh, Fremont withdraws from the race. Lincoln dismisses Blair. Other than that, I I can't really say that Lincoln changed any policy uh, whatsoever. Um, he did stand his ground. He did stand behind emancipation. Uh, he did not relent on that. Uh, even when it seemed like the worst uh, outcome was about to result, uh, he stood his ground. And I, I, as I say, I think that is really a measure of the man's character. And I, I think it's interesting how how much Lincoln was concerned about Fremont's third-party candidacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he certainly must have been thinking back uh, right. to 1844 when a third-party candidate caused Lincoln's own Whig party to lose the presidency. Right. Uh, and of course, that has happened uh, many times since in American presidential electoral history that a right. third-party candidate uh, has a disproportionate influence on the outcome. Let me switch gears and ask you uh, something about Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln remains a, a central figure in American cultural life. People, uh, everybody knows who Lincoln is. Uh, right. Children uh, in second grade recognize uh, a picture of Lincoln. Lincoln's a universal icon, the universal symbol for virtually every uh, political and cultural movement uh, that wants to. Uh, and so you, you do get, indeed, many political and cultural movements uh, arguing that Lincoln would have supported this cause or that cause. Right. There's a book due to come out in the relatively uh, near future that argues that Abraham Lincoln was gay. Mm-hmm. What's your well, thought on? Not the first time that that uh, that that argument has been made, or that uh, uh, that the, the, the attempt to adopt him. To uh, uh, but I I don't believe the case has been uh, has been proven. It, it's probably not been disproven. I think we simply can't say it's not something Lincoln would have talked about or written about. And I don't think the fact that he would have shared uh, the same bed with men while riding the, the circuit as a uh, as a lawyer in uh, Illinois uh, proves the case by by any means. That was a common practice of the day. There were more uh, lawyers riding the circuit than there were beds available to be slept in. So um, I, 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 I'm not sure it would change or make any difference or uh, really alter anything as far as Lincoln and what he achieved as president and, and, and the significance of his uh, presence in American history uh, one way or the other. But, um, but I don't think anybody will ever be able to prove or disprove uh, that case. And I, I suppose that we're likely to hear it argued in fairly stark terms of whether Lincoln was uh, or was not gay when uh, he did father four sons with Mary Todd. Uh, uh, for for what that is worth in in, in the controversy, he certainly was. Uh, um, if, well, he was at least bisexual. Uh, but uh, I, I I I think it's a serious question uh, uh, that, that that he that he might have been gay. I, I'm, I'm certainly not convinced of it. I guess I would suggest that the, the, the very categories themselves are to some extent ahistorical, that, right. that uh, 
uh, gender relationships are not what they were 160 years ago. That is very true, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the whole nature of the controversy and the, uh, the discussion is so different now than it would have been at the time. Um, I, I'm not sure that there's any measure by which we can really assess that. Uh, I, and, I, and I'm not sure what the legitimacy is anyway. As I say, I don't think it would have changed the character, the quality of the things that Lincoln did as president or as a statesman. Um, uh, they, they're still profound. They still uh, changed the course of American history. Uh, and so I think that's the important issue. Now you have yourself a theory about Abraham Lincoln that yes. is quite controversial. Yes. Uh, Looked to be in print uh, within the year. Um, I believe that uh, it was always a controversial question to begin with. Uh, the Dahlgren raid on Richmond, a major uh, Union cavalry raid that takes place uh, in late February of 1864 that had been sanctioned by Abraham Lincoln and uh, uh, papers that were turned up on the body of young Ulrich Dahlgren, one of the officers in the raid, uh, revealed that if they had succeeded getting into Richmond, that he was going to kill Jefferson Davis. And so the uh, the accusation made and the belief in the South that Lincoln had actually sponsored that uh, that attempt on Davis's life. Let me let me see if I can okay recap this. So 1864, Union cavalry makes a raid. Right. into Virginia, attempting to get to Richmond, the Confederate capital. That's correct. And according to papers captured in the aftermath of the raid, mm -hmm. the raiders' intent was to burn the city and to assassinate the president of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis. Right. So Southerners, having read these papers, are convinced that Abraham Lincoln tried to kill Jeff Davis. Yes. Uh, because Lincoln had sanctioned the raid, uh, the question became, did he sanction the attempt to to kill Jefferson Davis? Because many denials were made that the papers were legitimate. Uh, Ulrich Dahlgren's father said they were forged, that they weren't uh, his son's signature. I think the proof of the legitimacy of the papers has, has been established uh, since then. The question is, did Lincoln uh, did Lincoln sanction that attempt? And historians have, have traditionally shied away from that because that doesn't that doesn't uh, comport with the quality of, of, of Lincoln's character as as evidenced in the second uh, inaugural address and so forth. I believe that he did uh, sanction that uh, assassination attempt on Jefferson Davis. I do. I think he did want Jefferson Davis taken out, and I have my reasons for believing that. I think the evidence is very strong. It is circumstantial, but it is nevertheless strong that he uh, that he did uh, sanction this raid. And I and and if you think about what was at stake. Uh, a, a war in which an average of 425 Americans were dying every day, a Confederate president who refused to relent or to consider uh, any terms of peace that would involve reunification or reunion of the country, uh, the fact that black soldiers were being summarily executed on the battlefield as, as, as Confederate policy that uh, Jefferson Davis had, had initiated, um, and the fact that at one point earlier on, Lincoln had actually considered a uh, an eye-for-an-eye order of retribution against Confederate soldiers and then, and then withdrawn it because he said we would be punishing the wrong people. If you look at Lincoln's uh, State of the Union message or annual message in 1863, 
the end of 1863, you'll see a great deal that suggests that he blames Jefferson Davis personally for much of the uh, fault for the continuation of the war at this point. And I think Lincoln had clearly come to focus on Davis as a person who, if he were removed from the picture, would, would, would remove a big obstacle to peace at that point. Remember, Alexander Stevens, who had voted against secession, who had actually made a peace mission to Washington in 1863, would become the commander-in-chief of the Confederacy if Jefferson Davis was out of the way. So I believe that, that Lincoln did, did sanction this, and I believe there was good reason for him to. And I, and I frankly think that uh, in the 21st century, we probably would not condemn a president for attempting to remove uh, somebody by assassination who was uh, responsible uh, for the death of that many Americans. Well, this when we talked about uh, Lincoln's sexuality, you made the point that that really has no bearing on his his public reputation. That we we don't uh, that we think highly of Lincoln for what he did in office as well, president in his private life. I think I would have no Lincoln. effect. What you're saying here, though, is quite different. If if yeah. Lincoln, in fact, uh, authorized the assassination of the opposing head of state, contrary to all the right. accepted usages of warfare of his time, right? Wouldn't that cause us to reevaluate who the man who said charity for all, malice toward none? Uh, wouldn't we have to reevaluate that man quite substantially? Well, perhaps a lot of people would. I, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> my, my evaluation of Lincoln would not change, if anything, uh, his commitment to the cause of, of uh, the continuation of the United States uh, is, is, is all the more strengthened by, by the fact that he would uh, take, undertake something that would have been off the, off the charts of, of legitimacy in 1864. Um, I think he was that relentless. I think he was that fierce a warrior for the United States uh, that he would not have, uh, that he ultimately would not would not balk even at having uh, the the uh, leader of the rebellion uh, assassinated. Um, I, I I don't think that should change our, our assessment of, of of the quality of Lincoln's leadership and character. Uh, if anything, I, as I say, I think it should only strengthen it. Let me suggest that uh, you and I have one thing, and perhaps only one thing, in common with Abraham Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> you and I were both lawyers before we turned right. to studying history, and Lincoln, of course, was a lawyer before he became president. Right. As a lawyer, Lincoln was devoted to the rule of law. Indeed, one of his justifications for not accepting secession mm-hmm. was that it was an attempt to turn from ballots to bullets, as he put it. Right. Uh, that the law must be supreme and that secession thus could not be tolerated. Mm-hmm. How does that square with the idea of violating the laws of war? <laughs> well, I, I suppose, Jerry, in the same way that he could he could justify the suspension of the writ of habeas corpus in April, April of 1861, uh, even though under the Constitution, it, it, I think clearly it was intended to be a con- it was clearly intended to be a congressional. Uh, decision whether to send a writ. Uh, where Lincoln saw the continuation of the American nation as being at risk, uh, I think that he uh, he came to the conclusion that the the greater good was that the preservation of, of the republic had to be guaranteed, even if that uh, even if that necessitated 
um, uh, excessive uh, act uh, act in extraordinary circumstances. And as he put it, must I uphold this one law and let right. all the others be violated? Right. It, it's a, a powerful position. Uh, it's an issue we won't, unfortunately, have time to resolve today. Uh, I'm Jerry Prokopovich. You've been listening to David Long with me on Civil War Talk Radio. Thank you for listening.